The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Good morning, and welcome back to another week of the Next Big Idea Daily, the show that offers up quick insights from the most interesting new nonfiction. This week, we're talking about attention. Did you hear me? I said attention. Are you even paying attention to me right now? Or are you too busy doing something else? Exercising, doing the dishes, driving. That's okay. I'm not offended. Studies say the majority of podcast users do something else while they listen. And I get it. In fact, as you'll learn this week, certain kinds of multitasking can actually be beneficial. But we'll get to that later. For now, let's stay focused on the crime that's playing out right before our eyes. Our attention span has been killed, ladies and gentlemen, and whoever did it is still at large. Our attention span, that great human capacity that once let us compose symphonies, build model airplanes, read Ulysses, and stand in line for the bathroom without having to look at our phones, it's gone. My brother, who's a well-educated guy, mind you, he recently told me he can't remember when he last finished a book. So who's to blame? The leading suspects are easy to point to. The internet, the makers of smartphones, advertisers, the social media companies. It's clear we've entered some stage of late capitalism in which chopping up and monetizing our attention has become a central part of the economy. But it's a little too easy to blame the corporate giants when we ourselves are co-conspirators. After all, it's our attention. We have the ability to manage it, to make choices about how to spend it. We could just use a little help. All this week, I'll be chatting with Gloria Mark. She's a psychologist who specializes in the way technology intersects with human behavior. She's a professor at UC Irvine, and she's written a book called Attention Span, a groundbreaking way to restore balance, happiness, and productivity. She did us the honor of silencing her notifications for a couple of hours and offering up five of the key insights from her book. Today, we'll focus on the first insight, that it's really up to you to manage what she calls your attentional capacity. We have limited attentional resources. And you can think of this as your attentional capacity. Some things we do replenish our resources, you know, like taking breaks, getting a good night's sleep. But often when we use our devices, it can also drain our resources, sometimes pretty fast. Our attentional resources are finite and precious. One way we drain our resources is when we multitask. In other words, when we switch our attention to different things. My research shows that when people are on their computers and phones, they typically switch their attention from app to app, from task to task, from website to website, from screen to screen. And my research shows that they do so on average about every 47 seconds. This surprised me. We get tired when we switch our attention so fast. And in fact, the more tired we are, the more susceptible we are to getting distracted. Conserve your mental resources for important things by making sure to take a break and pull back before you get too exhausted. The best break of all is to go outside and take a walk in nature. 
Studies show that even a 20-minute walk in nature can help restore our attentional capacity, and it helps us generate new ideas. A good night's sleep is important. My research showed that as we accumulate sleep debt over days, we have fewer resources available to self-regulate. We become more and more susceptible to distractions, and we spend more time on lightweight activities like social media. So consider that you have a limited and precious tank of resources. Keep them replenished, and above all, use them wisely. Gloria Mark, welcome to the Next Big Idea Daily. Thank you for having me. Let's start with a definition. Can you explain what attention is exactly? We can go back to William James, who's known as the father of psychology. Let me give you a quote from William James. He says, everyone knows what attention is. It's the taking possession by the mind in clear and vivid form of one out of what seem several simultaneously possible objects or trains of thought. Focalization, concentration of consciousness are of its essence. William James didn't get the full story. He was talking about attention, which is controlled processing. That's attention that requires effort, where people can control what they focus on. But there's another kind of attention, which is automatic. And this is when we see, let's say, a blinking, flashing light that comes from a notification on our screen. We are attracted to look at that. We can't help ourselves but look at it. And that's an automatic type of attention. It doesn't use mental effort. And so because of that, we can do something that requires automatic attention along with something else that requires controlled attention. We can walk and text at the same time. Walking is automatic and texting requires controlled attention. But as soon as that bicyclist comes and clips you, all of a sudden you stop texting and your attention is on that bicyclist. So, you know, we can do two or more things at the same time, but only if one of those things requires automatic attention. Okay, Gloria, let's get back to your first big idea. So attentional resources. Tell me more about that. Do we have a fixed amount? Like I have X number of hours a day that I can pay good attention to things, or is it different person to person? How does it work? Everyone has a finite amount of attentional resources. We can replenish them in some ways by taking good breaks, getting a good night's sleep, even having a positive well-being is associated with having better attention. But we can also drain our resources in so many ways. We do this by switching our attention, multitasking, and we can't hold long periods of sustained focus in the same way that we can't lift weights all day without getting exhausted, right? Because we're using up these resources. So yes, they're they're limited, and we really have to think about them as very precious. And how can we distribute them among things that we really want to do, that we need to do, and, and not waste them? Let's talk a little bit more about multitasking. I mean, 
is it even really a thing? Is it even possible to do more than one thing at once? I feel like it's a term that came from parallel processors and computing or something that suddenly became a thing that people were trying to do. And I don't think we're built that way. We're not built that way. So it's it's just not possible for humans to do two things that require effort at the same time. It's just not possible. If one of those things can be done automatically, like this example of walking and texting, yes, you can do two things at the same time. But if you're in a Zoom meeting and you think you can be in that Zoom meeting and do your email, you're wrong. Because what you're really doing is you're shifting your attention to the email and not paying attention to the meeting. And part of it is also there's this, I think you call it a switch cost, or there's a some kind of time lag that it takes you when you shift from one task to the other that can be quite significant. I mean, it can be, I'm not sure what the number of seconds is, but enough that you're you're losing a lot of time over the course of trying to switch back and forth between these two things. Think of us as having an internal whiteboard. So you have this whiteboard of your mind and what you're doing is you're erasing the information you used in the last activity you did. And then you're switching to something else and you're writing the information you need for that new activity. And every time we switch, we're erasing and rewriting and erasing and rewriting. That is a problem because that is a switch cost. It involves time to do that writing and rewriting. But another problem is sometimes, just like with a real whiteboard, we can't erase it completely. Sometimes we leave a residue on that whiteboard in our mind. So imagine you're reading a news article about some gripping story, and that stays with you, and then you switch, and you're trying to put your attention on doing that writing, and you just can't because that story is still with you, the residue of this grisly story that you just read about. It sticks with you and interferes with your task at hand. You know, there's a kind of multitasking, though, that that can sort of feel good. I was thinking about this with my daughter, who's a high school student, recently started using the term show work. When I asked her if she had homework, she said, yeah, but it's just show work. What she meant was that she could watch a Netflix show while doing it. (laughs) And I knew what she meant in that there are certain kind of tasks that are somewhat mundane, low effort, you know, that, that, somehow almost seem to benefit from me having a show on in the background. Like while I'm deleting old emails or, you know, just moving some bank account information around or something, something that's not creative. There's some part of my brain that almost likes that mild distraction of something else happening at the same time. I call that subordinate work. But remember, it still requires some effort, right? You don't want to delete the wrong file. So you're still switching your attention. You're not doing these two things completely in parallel. Maybe a better example is watching a show while washing the dishes or something like that, where it is truly a rote activity. I probably am not going to mess it up. I mean, I guess one of my dishes might not get perfectly clean, but I can live with that. So that's it for today, listeners. Now you can stop your podcast player and go devote your full attention to whatever else it is that you're doing. And then take a break. Remember, take a break before you think you need it. That's the way you'll keep your attentional capacity in peak form. Tomorrow, Gloria will be back to explain why one of the best breaks to take is a mindless one. 
That's right. She's going to give you permission to play that embarrassing game on your phone or watch that dumb show. It's all about when you do it. And if you can't wait for tomorrow, download our Next Big Idea app to hear all of Gloria's big ideas and sign up for our newsletter on LinkedIn, where we'll be sharing more resources you can use to stay focused. Until tomorrow, I'm Michael Kovnett.